0: Hello, kiddio games. It's deciding time. Welcome to the Games We Decides podcast, your weekly source for, vi- for guys taking video games far too seriously. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me, Mike Minotti. Am I a kiddio game? Hmm. I, d- I haven't thought about the definition of kiddio game. I
1: I am uh, Steve Wiebe's favorite video game. We know that how do we know that
0: i'm lost already remember the guy from well i know i know who steve weeby is he's the guy that was in the king of kong and yeah i remember there's a video
1: of him saying mike minotti is my favorite video game
0: i don't remember this oh i'm gonna tag it on to the end of the 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 video version of this when when we upload it to youtube um we're we're live on everything right now we're live on facebook we're live on on youtube and twitch Uh, but i'm gonna introduce the podcast before we actually get into what the hell this podcast is uh welcome to the games we decide's podcast. this week we're going to be talking about e3 changes and my visit to valve i went up to bellevue last week uh talked to some of the folks that work there we'll get into that i want to thank you all for joining us uh you can always get more of us on gamesbeat.com uh if you have something to share with the podcast email us at games plus podcast adventurebeat.com that's the plus sign if you're watching on facebook or youtube or twitch you, you can subscribe to the audio version on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, basically anywhere. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes. It helps people find the show. Uh, Mike. Yo. What's been going on in the world of Mr. Minotti? Not too much. I'm uh, revealing games that I forget if I'm allowed to talk about or not,
1: so I, I guess I just won't talk about them. But, yeah, just a bunch of reviews coming up. This has been, like, a pretty good, like...
0: What's uh, going on? Course, yeah, yeah, what is happening? Well,
1: we Let's say uh, this every year now, don't we? It's like we, we keep forgetting <laughs> that this happens. Like. I
0: don't... Okay, so I think we say this every year, but I think there's very, a very specific difference in 2017. A lot of it's happening on PlayStation 4.
1: A lot of it is. So I think... Here's what I think Very happened. specifically.
0: The, the, this generation started, and all developers were like, you know, we're going to play a wait and see, and then all of a sudden the PlayStation 4 sold like nuts. And then every developer was like, "Okay, we got to get caught up and bring some stuff out to the PlayStation 4. And like right now, we're getting like the first real big wave of what that means, like Resident Evil Seven in, in VR on PlayStation, stuff like well, that. And, I, and Sony did a lot of the work to bring this stuff forward, but
1: yeah, and even they're just like their exclusives that they did. Right. Like, They've done a really good job, make sure that January had a really big exclusive in Gravity Rush Two, and now that's
0: right. Yeah, so more stuff. So- okay, I I
1: Here's Rush- saying I'm his favorite video game. Oh God, okay. Let uh, me make, make sure I got this in the in the video. You see him?
0: I see him. What do we, okay, Listen, just miss, hit play. Did I miss it? Yeah. This is still still missed it. Mike Benatti is my favorite video game. God damn it. <laughs> see? <laughs> that's beautiful. My favorite video game. Mike Minotti is my favorite video game. That's going to be our, our sign-off sign off from now on. Yeah. If did anything else, that's what we're saying from my now on. My friend
1: asked him to say Mike Minotti is my favorite video gamer, but he Messed up. It said I'm the favorite video. And game. this is way better. Oh, <laughs> like, it's yeah. way better. Yeah. He's like, Oh, do you want me to do that again? He was like, No. Yeah, if, definitely if he, not. If
0: he had said Mike Manani is my favorite video gamer, I wouldn't have wanted you to play it. I would have been like, I don't <laughs> care, Mike. Please stop. But the, what he said, that's uh, way better. I'm glad uh, we have okay. that. Um, real quick, but, but you know, back to this. You know, Sorry, not games. to interrupt. No, no. I, I'm I'm glad we had that happen. Um, okay. So there was Gravity Rush two. There was Res- Resident Evil Seven VR. I uh-huh. mean, it's on a lot of other stuff. Horizon's coming real soon. Right. There's right? Neo Neo, which everyone's fr- freaking out about. But what's what's Neo? Why do I not know what that is? N i o h.
1: Oh. Nah, Ni- I always pronounce it in my head as Nioh.
0: Yeah, I, I, that that's probably what is what it should be pronounced because Neo is so confusing. Never, I right. think everyone so thinks of Matrix I, or whatever.
1: I was literally like going I was like I'm going to go out and buy that game. And then the day I said that, I got like two review codes in for other PlayStation 4 games to review. I'm like, "Okay, never." Right.
0: Mind. Yeah, and I'm like I'm like kind of uh, uh, we'll see. I think I'm going to be doing the Switch, so I'm kind of like I don't want to take anything on, yeah, but like Neo looks there. like the game I want to like play out of like the most out of all out of all of those uh because I, I really want to give, like, a Souls-type game another chance after kind of Bloodborne was only, you know, lukewarm for me. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, like,
1: that is my, my worry, is that I'm not that much of a, a, a Souls kind of player. Like, I, I right. liked Bloodborne. I didn't love it. I don't really play a Dark Souls game. But I don't know. I Like, something about this seems to strike my fancy just a little bit more for whatever reason.
0: But right. I think the
1: fact that it seems to be a bit more action rpg mm-hmm. as opposed to, like... I mean, I don't. Even, I, don't
0: know. I mean, though, it's got the Ninja Gaiden team, Teen Ninja. Yeah, they, they, I like they're they like yeah. the
1: Ninja Gaiden games.
0: Me too, and if it like brings in just a little bit of that to like a Souls genre, um, yeah, which is maybe another thing we could talk about. How like the Souls genre is now establishing itself as a, like a real offshoot, kind of oh, like yeah. in a similar way to like uh, the way like Symphony of the Night, like established uh, you know Metroidvania but, games, right?
1: Kind of just the way how like. Even like Batman, like kind of established that whole genre of those right. Batman action games. Now it's like you have those kind of action games, or you have the Souls kind of action games. Right, and it's, it just seems really evenly uh, split between those.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just kind of interesting to see how those sorts of things evolve and develop. But is
1: Capcom still making Darkest Dungeon or Deepest Dungeon, whatever that was? I haven't. I don't. I mean, what was that called? The deep, the deep, something deep. Deep, 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 deep dungeon. Dive.
0: Deep, di- deep dive something diamond like dallas page
1: diamond dallas page
0: yeah i think that's DDP what it was yoga yeah ddp yoga um yeah dd something something yeah dungeons and dragons um yeah, there is. yeah. i i don't know i mean at the last i heard like yes and it was going to be free to play or yeah. maybe that changed
1: oh, right that sounds familiar yeah uh,
0: but who knows if that's ever coming out uh capcom's making monster hunter and that's all they really care because that's what makes all their money Sure. So, but okay. Um, is there any other like big games? I feel like there's one more we're missing. Well, I mean, Halo Wars two, but that was not on the PlayStation four, which is not really what we're talking about. But I'm hearing good things about that too, really? which is like like kind of weird. That is I,
1: just like so personally off my radar. Like my one hair. My one genre Kryptonite has always been real time strategy, and I've never been that big of a, like I like Halo five. But I've never been that into it anyway. Yeah. So you're try- you're gonna have a hard time selling me on the Halo RTS.
0: Yeah. Either way. It is a big start. It's a big cor- deal, sure. Yeah, and well, I mean, it's a big, like, well, 2017's big off to a huge start, and, like, Zelda's going to be coming out soon, too. That um, is the interesting
1: thing, like, once the Switch comes out for a little bit, we're all going to be like, yeah,
0: who cares? Nintendo. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a kind of a big deal. Uh, at least, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be be a big deal for you and I. Uh, I think well, yeah. it'll get a lot of people kind of distracted from some of these other games. I still think that if, like, a game like Horizon comes out and has a big marketing budget, it's going to do really well. But who knows? Maybe Zelda could steal some of its thunder. A little. Okay, Mike. Um, no. So two topics this, this week, and I think the first one we should start with is E3 2017, opening itself up to the public. It's going to sell 15,000 tickets, uh, public tickets, for people who aren't in the industry. And they are going to be able to come to the show, go on the show floor, stand in line, and then stand in line, and then stand in line, <laughs> and then watch a video. What do you think? Is this oh. a, Is this a good thing?
1: Um... I mean, I guess it depends on who you are. Uh, so, I, you know, the, the whole E3 thing is interesting with so many kind of industry people I- and journalists. People kind of get jaded from it real quick. Um, I mean, I you know, my whole thing when I was a kid, I, I loved E3. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the greatest thing. I mean, I never actually went to it. It's just like that whole week for me. Uh, you know, like watching the press conference. I mean, God, I remember streaming those things on like GameSpot's like native weird video thing, and it was just right. awful quality. And that's how I saw like the first trailer for Twilight Princess and stuff like that. I just like couldn't get enough of it. It was, you know, just that whole week. I would go into school every day and like tell people like This is
0: what's happening at e mm-hmm. I was just
1: really obnoxious about it. Uh, so it was like my dream to be able to like to go to that, right? And I, I, and I, I. That's why I do like this because I think there are a lot of people who. You know that they, they dream of going to E3 someday, and it's kind of a hard thing for them to do. Uh, you know, unless you find some weird roundabout way of getting in, or you know, which plenty of people have do. It. But which yeah. plenty of people do, but not everybody, right? And, you know, and I would, and I never did. And that's part of the argument. So many people are doing that, anyways. Like, why not just say, "Hey, sure, you know, what? fine, it's open. If you want to spend money on a ticket, uh, come on in." So I, I think it's fine in that way. I think it's good that some people can go to you through that haven't. There's also the argument that for you know for us, like me and you, we have appointments, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. We're not necessarily standing in many lines these days, right? Um, so it doesn't, you know, there's going to be some inconvenience of be, maybe being a little more crowded, but I don't know if it's going to have a giant impact on our work. Uh, yeah.
0: Right. So it, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I I'm I'm with you. Uh, I felt the same way about E3. I would have died. To have gone like throughout my entire life and then when i finally got to go it was still a very big deal for me i was still yeah. very excited it wasn't like oh now i've been in the industry for a couple years I, I have this dispassionate feeling about going to e3 it was like oh no i'm going to e3 now i get to say i've been to e3 and i think if there's people out there that that want to want to be able to say that especially with its future i, I think even with, with this happening kind of up in the air, and and. Potentially, you know, E3 might not be there for very much longer because the purpose it used to serve, which was the ability to connect publishers with retail, you know, outlets, you know, that's not as important anymore. It's just that games aren't sold the same way they were forever ago. So that purpose doesn't really make sense that much anymore. Uh, So it has to shift. It has to change into something different. And if it if this doesn't succeed, it could go away. So if you want to be someone who who said I went to E3 at some point in my life, this is I think this is great for you.
1: But, and isn't this kind of why they're doing this? Could this maybe save E3 in mm-hmm. a way?
0: Yes, totally.
1: Turn it into a revenue stream somehow w- with this. I mean, sure, E3 is going to change, but E3 has always been changing, right? right? I mean, E3 right now is not what it was five years ago or five years before that.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think, like, so they've, what they've, the real reason they're doing this is Activision and, excuse me, uh, Activision and EA pulled out. I think some other companies pulled out of E3, but those are like the big ones. Um, those, those are huge companies that left gaping holes on the show floor. And, you know, they pay a lot of money to be a part of this thing. So the reason that they're bringing in the, the, the people, it's not just because the ticket sales are going to make that much money for them. It's really to keep the companies that are still subscribing to this thing every year to keep their money coming in so that uh, they have a reason to actually come to E3 and have this physical presence at this show. Um I do think it could save it i think that that is a a, probably their only route that they could possibly go now that said i don't know if e3 2017 is going to be a very good experience for anybody because of this i think there's going to be some serious growing pains this year and it's going to be still be a lot like e3 2016 where it's a lot of lines to watch videos of games that are going to be coming out um, and then maybe a couple lines to play some multiplayer games, and people. And, and I guess they're going to have panels and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's not going to be like San Diego Comic Con. I don't think. Well, which it, I think it needs to turn into if, if it's really going to establish itself as this huge fan see, convention. I, see,
1: I always like e3 because it's not panel focused. And uh, you know, maybe you're not going to do a lot. Maybe you're going to stay in line. But even just walking around the show floor, just looking at like I, I, I'm, I'm still somebody who like the spectacle of it is. Still, always really cool to me just seeing the booths and seeing the people walking around and like, oh, look, there's that game, you know. And I, I that is kind of the thing, I, there is going to definitely to be some adjustment with the with show for it. Be nice if people had a lot more like demo kiosks out so people can play the games Mm -hmm. i I do agree there has been a lot of like the mini theater setup at e3s for a while now it's like go inside and watch this video it's like uh, okay. this video is going
0: to be online in like a week so i should have just right yeah and and, like a lot of times
1: like like i remember the coolest one i was ever saw was that bioshock infinite one and it was really sweet and then like that was that infamous one where bioshock Infinite was not really like that no (laughs) at all yeah so it's like what are you really watching um so, yeah, sure, there's, there's a little bit of that. But even still, people, you know... I mean, like, so, like, you know, even if you go to PAX, and I know you've been saying, like, oh, just go to PAX. Like, yeah, I just PAX, think
0: it, this year, if you if you, have to, if you have the money for one or the other, go to PAX, I would say, and then let them iron out these kinks and let them say, oh, and ne- next year we're going to have all these other things that we realized we should have had this year and didn't, uh, and go in 2018 instead. Yeah, is what, even, is, that would be my advice. Even but. PAX
1: always has its, like, show floor, which is like a little mini E3, and yes. they'll still have, like... A, b- a big booth—that's a you know movie theater to go in and watch a game, and people will line up for hours mm-hmm. to do it. So you know, people like want to do that.
0: Yeah, totally. And I, I, I think if there's, especially if there's a game uh, that you're like I- insanely excited about, like sure. if Zelda Breath of the Wild last year was like your thing, and you waited all day in that line and got in and got to play it and got to be that's, in that booth experience. Cool. That would have I think that would have been worth it and you would have had a good a good time at e3 but if you're not really sure what you're excited about and you go there and you wait in a couple of lines and like you know you play two games in a day or see a, you know two games in a video and then you leave I feel like you could have you could feel kind of burned and that's where I'm just like I want to hesitate like Okay. You know, so just put the brakes on people a little bit. Say, think about this. And if you only have the money for one or the other, maybe packs would be better, just because there's so many other options for entertainment. See, and, and like I, I believe
1: you, but like if I had never no. done either of them, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like, "What am I going to go to?" I'd go to E three. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think I, I would.
0: I think I, I would have done the same thing, and that's why I'm that's why I'm saying these things because I I think I would have felt the same way, that, especially you know in the heyday and the you know back a long time ago when I was really crazy about how amazing E3 was because I was so far away from it and there was no, like, work attached to it. Um, yeah, I, I would have done the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, so, do you think that... Do you think that the E3 will look more, more and more like PAX with, like, more panels and more stuff like that? I don't know. Or, like, just, or like San Diego Comic-Con? Or, or do you think it can, like, maintain its I still, identity?
1: I know I, I, I still want it to mostly be a
0: show floor show. Mm -hmm. Right
1: where it's uh, it's kind of about walking around seeing. Well, real quick though, do you
0: when you thought of E three before you went to E three? Were you thinking the show floor, or were you thinking of the press conferences? Um, I mean, it was both, but.
1: I I knew that when I was going it was going to be a show floor that's what nice. I I mean the press conferences is that's something where the the you know play play at home version is just as good almost mm-hmm. especially now that I've been to some of the press conferences I'm you know I'm kind of like yeah I could just watch the stream of that that's okay it's fine it's cool to be there but you know, whatever. The the show floor is, like, the real you gotta be there and, you know, and see some ridiculous thing. Like, like, last year with Breath of the Wild, like, wow, this booth is so cool. And, like, not many people are ever going to get to see it. It's almost a shame. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just, you know, I remember just, like, again, like, the Twilight Princess booth, just reading about that. Like, God, I wish I could, you know. It's almost kind of like, making a little video game theme park for a few days. like, And right. that's what I kind of like E3 as, right? Like, with the spectacle and all that stuff and the theming even. That's what I think E3 is, is kind of good at. And I kind of understand why you should maybe make that public because, you know, again, it's like a, it is like an amusement park. Well, you out get way. your money's
0: worth. Like, they, right. they're spending all this money to not just have that show floor space, which costs a lot of money. Uh, to rent that from the ES- ESA, um, and then all the money on top of that to you know build all these plastic models and and the, the, pay the people to like put them up you know the union fees yeah. and whatever that's expensive.
1: And, and it makes sense still from like the purpose of trying to generate buzz about these games because you know we live in this influencer age where everybody's an influencer, right. right? So everybody who goes in there is somebody who can make a YouTube video or post on Facebook or Twitter, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, I, I so. I think when we say is it a good thing? I think it is definitely the the right thing for e three e three itself and the ESA and for the future of this thing. It, it needs to open up and bring these people in. You're right to keep that cachet because you're right. We're an influencer sort of a, a economy now, and you got to have those people and you got to make it real easy for them to get in. And you got and it, you know because that incentivizes those people, to, the other companies to keep paying the money. Now, whether it's a good thing, I think for the people attending this year or for us. Uh, trying to cover it, I you know I don't think it's going to cause us too many headaches. Like you said, there, we have appointments. Maybe the, some of the pathways will be a little bit more crowded, but sure, uh, they're, they're all right, pretty, they're pretty crowded. Hard they're to imagine crowded.
1: being more crowded, right?
0: And you know, like with EA and Activision pulling out, there is a bunch of space on the periphery. And if ESA is smart and like. Mm-hmm creates you know enough distractions on the outside here you know uses that space wisely you know it might not feel that much like, more uh, dense But the, the
1: thing that might be hard for us is like we could still maybe go to like a, the sony booth or the microsoft booth and like wait in some of those line-to-see games that might be harder who knows
0: right we'll, I, we'll see i think we're i mean we're just gonna have to and like this is just the reality of it to do our jobs we're gonna have to rely more on our pr contacts to be like hey can we please just set up a time to come see this game that we didn't really know about until after your your press conference? Um, you know, I have a little bit of time right right, right then. Can yeah, I please get this, in?
1: Not, that's kind of the thing not, I'm going to feel even worse skipping lines
0: now. I know, but
1: it, like paying money
0: and like uh, yeah, too bad. Like this, is, it's still a trade show first, still, really. It's, I, it's, I mean, still need to that's go work there, right? So, and I, I got to do my job. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Like at PAX, I I don't do that. I don't really cut the lines ever. Um, if a developer's like. Hey, we really want to come see. We, we we really want you to come see the game. Uh, you know, come on. I I, be, I would feel really weird about cutting a line of PAX because it's a fan focused event. At E3, I'm just going. I you know, we don't have any time. I got to I got to get in there. There's no way I'm waiting in any line, and we got to get hands on with this game. At least get an idea of what it's like. Man, so I haven't been to a PAX in forever, actually. Yeah, actually, I actually haven't either. We should go to one. We should like make yeah, be games be let us go to one. We should do a panel another another, another discussion
1: oh.
0: we should do a, we should yeah we will come up with a panel idea
1: we could do that we're professionals
0: we are i have been called a professional before Please my mom alive my mom calls me a professional
1: my mom does not my mom has no idea what i do <laughs> she has an idea that video games are involved like mario but sometimes i make her do my job for me she still doesn't quite understand i think i job.
0: sometimes my mom watches these so you can say hi miss g hi i'm mrs grubb yeah there you your go your son's a doofus i am i'm, I'm sorry a, for you i'm a doofus It's I mean, it's her fault <laughs> <laughs> know. So, no, no it's, we know, you know. <laughs> all right um Mike, I think that's going to wrap up our E3 talk. I, mean, I guess any other thoughts on that before we move on? Nah,
1: not really. It's just you know, I, uh, so many people. You know, some there are a lot of people who just don't like E3, and this this is just no reason for them to not like it. And and I understand that it, it is hard work when, when you're there working it. Um, mm-hmm. it seems like every year it's once the it's like this weird thing where like you as you kind of get the learning curve behind it, it's like you're better at it, but that just makes it become more work because you're more efficient in a way. Yeah,
0: you do a lot. Yes, right,
1: and yeah, so um. But, you know, not, and even when I'm having this much, I still remind myself of that kind of, you know, little kid, Mike, who would have get anything right. to beat E3. And I'm able to kind of like find the joy and wonder of, of, of being there again. So it's yeah. not, it's, it's not going to bother me. If people want to go to E3, Yeah, you know, I hope they have fun.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to wait in another line again. After we did that one year, we waited in line uh, to play uh, Evolved.
1: Evolved. We thought Evolved was so important that yeah. it was worth it. And we waited
0: in a, a line for a really long time. And we were professionals. We could have maybe gotten an appointment had we tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I Actually, I knew the PR guy that was running the thing. I should have just asked him. But, you know, we waited in line. And it was a really long time. And I think your team beat my team. I think you were on the other uh, of team. Of course, I destroyed you. Right, yeah. You just, and I'm like, well, this, this just sucked. <laughs> this is just a, such a waste of time. And I felt real bad afterwards because I'm like, I'm complaining – that I was at E3 playing a game that everyone was dying to play, and how dare I? But it still, like, it still sucked because it was such a waste of time. And I could have got so much other work done. So it's like this real dichotomy. Um, but I don't think that this this change is going to be any worse than that was. I'm not going to have my job's not going to be that much harder. My life is not going to be suddenly so difficult because E3 has you know a bunch of you know people from the outside and That's not going to happen. I'm going to be fine. And I bet a lot of those people are going to have a really, a really good time. And they'll give us kind of a fresh perspective on the show floor. And yeah, on, it would be fun to have
1: some kind of extra enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, it'll it be kind of interesting to see what, like, the buzz is, like, on, like, Twitter and, like, like instead of just people watching videos and things like that, that you know, get that kind of secondhand information. There's going to be a lot more people trying games. Maybe we'll learn about some games that we wouldn't have heard about otherwise.
1: And besides, these influencers are all taking our jobs anyways. We've got to be nice to them.
0: Exactly, yeah. Remember, we're all going to, all going to be yeah. working for them. I mean, they're That's not going right. to pay yeah, us exactly. anything, but, you know, yeah. well, whatever. Yeah.
1: <sighs> YouTube ad money.
0: Yeah, that's sweet, sweet Google AdSense. Um, Mike, Yo. I went to Valve. I went to Washington hey, on, the, that. on Thursday. Um, so I think for this segment, what I was th- wondering is, I just kind of want you to ask me questions that you are wondering about Valve, about Steam, Man. and I want to see if... Uh, If the conversations came up when we were talking with him as a round panel, it was me and like maybe seven other journalists from other outlets, uh, kind of just in a roundtable format, just asking questions. I I think I asked more than most other people because I just I didn't care to be interrupting people, really. So I got a bunch in there, but. Uh, I still didn't get all my questions answered. So I'm just kind of wondering if, like, there's kind of things you've well, always wondered about Valve or what they're doing right now. So, so, and, so who, yeah.
1: who was at this? Uh, was, it was Gabe Newell and who
0: else? So, the, okay, so they had four different sessions, uh, and they were kind of like f- a half an hour to 45 minutes, back-to-back. Um, and what they would do is they, they would bring, out, bring them out in groups depending on what they worked on. So the first group was uh, the guys that were kind of in charge of Team Fortress 2, Dota 2, um, uh, what's the other... Valve game, um, Counter-Strike. What Counter-Strike? Yeah. And then the second group was like the Steam, or the VR group, the, gr- the group that's working on VR. Then the third one was the Steam group, the people that create and maintain Steam. And then the last one was just Eric Johnson and Gabe Newell kind of in a general session about Valve as a whole. So, I mean,
1: did you just, because
0: you what know, with the with the AMA
1: game did not too long ago, and then this, you know, Valve is so notoriously kind of a close company. What's, did you ask them, or what did it kind of come up like, why are you guys all of a sudden like wanting to talk to people?
0: So... The Steam session just ended, and I was like, hey, Doug Lombardi. Doug Lombardi's, uh, uh, Steam or is Valve's PR guy. Very notorious for... You send him an email, and you don't hear a response. Now, that's not actually been my personal experience, but that is kind of the infamous uh, reputation he has. I'm like, hey, Doug, i got to go to the bathroom. He's like, okay, go here. Showed me. Radiohead was playing in the bathroom. I go, and I come back, and Gabe and Eric are sitting there, and they're starting the next session, and they just start saying, like, so we were doing the AMA, and... And Gabe's basically explaining, you know, I I hear myself talk all the time and I get really bored with myself. So I assume that everyone else is, is everyone else is bored with hearing me speak as well. When we did the AMA, we realized that it turns out there's a lot more curiosity about everything that we're doing than we realized. And so what we wanted to do is to follow up that AMA is bring you guys out here to have a conversation with us to help sort of disseminate some of these uh, some of these feelings and some of our ideas out to your audiences so people can get a better idea of what's going on. Uh, that's it's that's nice. It, it also seems a bit naive that it <laughs> kind of got
1: there because, I mean, there's it seems just like anybody who kind of had their pulse on, like, what uh, people are, are thinking, that, like, not, not that opinion maybe has turned on Valve, but it's definitely been a different outlook from fans from kind of like, you know, Valve Golden Child to people saying things like Valve's never going to make another game again and a lot of people believing that, right? Right. And you know then they and all all a lot of people are saying that you know you know Valve's not really coming in and saying anything.
0: Right. So two things about that. I I would say first um, they kind of address this idea of not having someone that very vocalizes Valve you know official stances to the public you know not having community managers and stuff like that they say basically we, we want the product to speak for itself and you know everyone is kind of it's everyone's responsibility to make sure everything is supposed to be as good as it can be um and so having like a person in the middle that's like kind of speaking for us and like taking the information from fans uh, can kind of get in the way so what they're saying is it's everyone's responsibility to go out and find out what people are complaining about and to address it so there's not that, that middleman but and, and you know I kind of pointed out like well that that means you're not gonna have really great communication or like a, a you know a, a single line of communication so people can go and say here is what valve is saying about this specific topic and they said yeah that's kind of the trade-off that we're just we're, we're making uh, doesn't sound like that's going to change um, at the same time, you know they they, they are doing this now. They are sure. they are making this change, and they told us straight up. You know we are making three virtual reality games. Um, the you know that was they didn't say anything about us, anything else about any other types of games, but they're like these we're making three full virtual reality games. No one here wants to be experimenting anymore. We're we're done with well we're, we're done making games that are experiments. We're going to keep experimenting, uh, but all of that's sure. going to go towards building no full There's fledged Steam right no VR no we Yes, exactly. And they're like, the lab was a great thing. They you know, very specifically said, but we're, the idea isn't to like sort of turn lab, the lab into anything else or to have more experiments along those same lines. It's to have full-fledged games. So they're making games. They're telling us about it. They aren't going into specifics about it. They aren't going to start suddenly having a great line of communication through a community manager or something like that. But they are... It does seem like they are opening up somewhat because they realize that it's turned into an issue.
1: Do you get any system that they've That there's any reason to be nervous about them betting so strongly on the VR horse? Like, what if one of these three VR games you're talking about is Half-Life 3 or, you know, Portal 3, and it's, like, only a VR game? Is it going to be kind of a disaster if that happens and not that many people have VR devices and don't feel compelled to get one?
0: So they seemed very sober about where VR is and their expectations for it. So their line was... VR is growing uh, exactly how we expected or, or right in line with our expectations. Um, then like right after that they said our expectations were not the same as some other people in the industries who are, who are trying to launch this as a console, trying to launch this as a uh, this thing that's gonna have a big audience immediately uh, you know similar to like a PlayStation 4 or something like that. Um, it's expensive and the content isn't there. And they admitted that, so it kind of sounded like they knew it's not where it, it, where it is. It's not it's not blowing up the world. It's not the hugest thing. And it, and they admitted there is no real good content reason. There is no one game that's going to win over everybody. That's one of the reasons they're trying to make these games. Now they also very they repeatedly said uh, we are okay with failing. Uh, they're like if we're if we don't if we're, if we're not failing we're probably not doing anything that's worthwhile. We're not doing anything that's interesting. So. They blatantly said VR could fail, all of their VR efforts could fail. But they're, the way that they're hedging against that is, they are making it open. They are making it so that if anyone else m- creates a, a virtual reality device or game, it should be able to run on Steam VR. Mm-hmm. Now, I've already experienced this. Like uh, my Oculus Rift headset will work with Steam VR just fine. Uh, it, any game I have on there, it just it just works, and that's really impressive. And, and what they're saying is, any new device that comes out, we want it to be able to work, and that's how we are sort of. You know, kind of building this defensive wall against the potential of us failing, because if Valve fails, it doesn't necessarily mean that VR has failed. So, uh, but in terms of whether or not it's a disaster if Half-Life Three comes out as a VR game, and and there isn't a lot of people out there, I don't, I don't know if that they're gonna like treat it like that. I don't know if they would make a game along those lines that would, if it's if there isn't like you know eight million people ready to buy it because they don't have VR stuff. Uh, that it would be a failure i don't think they would put themselves in that position but they didn't say anything specific about that
1: that's just just curiouser and curiouser so kind of talking did you like get to talk to that team fortress guy a lot because i'm just i'm just really curious about what they think the future of team fortress 2 is if anything
0: so yes now i'm not i'm not up to stuff on my team fortress 2 happenings in general but it's kind of actually the first thing that was brought up at, at all um and actually, if you if anyone is really curious about this, I'll, I'll plug one of the other guys that was there that did very much care about this. He was um, the Valve News Network on YouTube. He, he'll probably have a couple of videos This is the, the guy from days. Youngstown. He's the guy from Youngstown, yeah. He was asking a lot of Team Fortress 2 questions, and I think he does a lot of videos specifically about that game. So if anyone really does care, check out that. He'll have better information. But basically, he just said, we're working on the next update. Uh, we are working on a bunch of uh, user-created content that we're going to release as a package and stuff. Um, things like that. It's... They're, you know, they're working on a new short, a new short film. Oh, really? That's yes. Um, so, like, they, it sounds like, uh, it doesn't sound like they are doing these, like, the Dota 2 7.0 version of a Team Fortress 2 update. It just sounds like they're going to do another Team Fortress 2 update. That's kind of like, what, like what, what it sounds like. They're just going to keep going along the lines of what they've been doing and continuing that, and they're not abandoning it by any stretch.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just curious because I mean, I don't have any numbers back to this, but in my head, I just feel like so many of those players have probably
0: moved to Overwatch. I think they, so they brought up, uh, Overwatch came up as a competitor and they're like, we don't have any data to support that, what you're basically saying. So who knows what that, what that really means. They did say, we really like it. We were We really like playing it. It's a very good game. That's kind of like the extent of what they said sure. about Overwatch. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Any other, like, big questions about... I mean, uh, just how how about Steam Machines? I mean,
1: did did they say anything about that still?
0: So, at the end, in that last session, when it was just Eric Johnson and and Gabe Newell, um, I kind of tried to ask them about that. So they talked about, like, like Valve's corporate structure and the way the employees work. So if people don't know, no one at Valve really has a title. No one at Valve has a... A, a, a you know a very strict responsibility that they have to do at all times. What and they don't they, they don't even have a budgetary like process. They ne- they never set out a budget like here's an idea here's how much money you can make so here's the budget for that. They don't do that. What they do is they they treat time as the most precious resource. So everyone is allowed to decide like what their time goes to. Um. And that's why, like Gabe Newell is on the VR team. Like during that VR session, it was a bunch of guys, and Gabe Newell, he's right there. That's what he thinks his dimes, you know, mo- best spent, you know, going towards. So when it came to that last session, and he, as he was explaining this, um, I kind of thought about the r- original reason why Valve went after Steam Machines and Steam OS in the first place. They were worried about Windows and Microsoft. And they were worried about like Windows 10 and Windows 8 having these very restrict stores that wouldn't enable something like Steam to run unless Steam went through those stores and gave 30% to Microsoft. Like that was like the real concern. Um, And so obviously at one point, it seemed like Gabe Newell was saying that my biggest, my time could best be spent trying to protect the industry from Microsoft. And I kind of asked him that. And sort of danced around it. He's like, yeah, I think we get the best results when um, we are working about stuff that excites us because it's sort of a positive thing, like VR, as opposed to like a defensive position where we're worried about another company destroying the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it very much seemed like at this point, they are no longer worried about Windows. and They are no longer worried about UWP. They're like, you know, if Microsoft flipped the switch, yeah, that would be a problem. But it's not something that they were really talking about in any way. It's not the thing that they are thinking about day to day anymore. So it seems like they've kind of accepted that Microsoft's going to stay at the status quo. They aren't going to have to worry about it. So the the reason the reason the Steam Machines uh, and Steam OS existed, the reason that Gabe Newell was putting his time into that, has sort of disappeared. So they aren't really working on it anymore because of that. Because they've just the, the motivation's it, gone. So
1: is yeah. that kind of is that kind of like I don't know if it's a problem. Is that kind of I don't you think it's like an issue where of their structure where like these kind of big projects that i assume a lot of energy and money were devoted to kind of just sort of fall off the radar because people inside the company lose interest in them
0: yeah I, I would think so but they very much treated it like it's not a problem they very much said like are no are they this just is-
1: making so much like steam money that I- they can really just like, like they say like hey if VR fails whatever we just invested a few billion in that okay.
0: right so uh, that's very much the impression that I got so th- he was saying like Gabe Newell would say I tell other CEOs about our corporate structure and that we don't have a budgetary process and they're like you're either incredibly irresponsible or you're lying like you're not telling the truth um and, like, he's like, but no, it actually just works. And I'm, like, thinking in the back of my head when he says this, and I didn't bring this up and I should have, like, it probably works because, like, your bread and butter is making so much money that you can afford to have, like, time be your most precious resource as opposed to money, right. which is almost every other company's most precious resource. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I, I definitely get the sense that the like, steam like, just what, makes so much money. but's right, like let's that if through. there's
1: no steam, they would have released a half life three right now just that they could have made some half life three money right. They don't need half life three money
0: right and either, they they like they said, like we don't have to make a game that like, oh, we have to make the quarter. We have to make the quarter. like we have to have this game out before the end of the quarter so that the, we have the money coming in uh, so that our financials look good. They blatantly said, you know, we don't have to do that, and they didn't say it's because Steam's making so much money, but it's because no. Steam is making so much it's money. It's not because
1: Steam machines are making so much money.
0: No. Yeah, and Steam machine, yeah, like I said, the motivations for Steam machine was this whole other thing that they're just they clearly aren't, they aren't worried about anymore. So, so Steam machines have kind of gone away. They're, instead, they've put their efforts into VR, which is a, a, their new motivation, their new reason for doing things, and now we're seeing their efforts there. So it's. It's kind of interesting to see like how that how that works and to see them sort of talk about that. Uh, I, it, it, it's a very unique company. It was cool to kind of get up there and kind of see oh, them. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was, was it, like a cool
1: office to like or building to walk
0: around. Yeah, I, it, uh, I remember when I did the when I was talking about going to the bathroom. One of the reasons I brought it up is because yeah, Radiohead was playing and it was you know cool music. But then at the at the sink, uh, you don't just have soap and water. There was like shampoo and uh, like a whole stack of razors and and shaving cream and like warm towels and all these like like uh, toothbrushes and and mouthwash all this other stuff here that that it's like okay people are like supposed to like take really great care of themselves while that while they're here at this office and the office itself the office itself was very cool there's vr station set up and all these cool things on the wall and cool art so i liked it a lot
1: but like is there did anything there? get you excited about what valve is doing or like what is coming from valve or do you still kind of feel like valve is sort of this like and like, like that's that's kind of my thing with Valve is that they used to be this game developer i was really excited about i understand why they don't you know they're, they're kind of more than that now but i'm just not really excited about valve the vr company and valve the you know or valve the hardware company as they tried to be for a little bit or valve the uh, whatever they they're they're doing
0: I'm of two minds about this. Uh, I'm right there with you where it's like I was expecting or I'm always expecting Valve to always be this game company because in my head, that's what they are. They're a company that makes games. But at the same time, I'm always very impressed with the way that they are with the way they build the things that they build. So one of the examples is this move from Steam Greenlight to Steam Direct, which is Steam Greenlight was their user voting service where small developers who have never had a game on steam before could put up a game and the community would vote on which games they wanted to see on steam valve would look at some of these games and some of them would come across to be on steam now with steam direct developers just apply for like a bank account style account on on, on steam and they pay a fee and they can put up any game they want onto the surface basically you know with very few exceptions um and so the reason they're doing this is because they recognize how big they are, how important they are to the PC gaming economy, uh, how important that, like, if you, if you have a, a game that you're making and you want to find an audience, it has to be on Steam, all right, mm-hmm. if you're making a PC game. So they recognize that they can't really get in the way anymore because if they are, if Valve is the company deciding what games go on Steam, and which they have every right to do, but they're saying no, we're not going to do that anymore because actually, what right do we have to decide which games succeed and fail in the market? Because Valve is so important, they're so in, in, you know integral. I always say that word wrong. wrong. Um, they're so important to you know, PC gaming that if you you know if you aren't on there, you'll fail. So if they decide a game's not on Steam, it fails. So they really have that power. Um, so w- them recognizing that and saying, you know, no, we're going to build this different system specifically because we own too much of the market. Uh, And because you know, if we're curating, we're picking the winners and losers. That's bad. I I get excited about that because I think that's very forward thinking. Um, A lot of their Steam users don't even want that. They want the old Steam that was curated and only had the games that they like and didn't have all these stupid visual novels things like that. Uh, And and so they're going against what their customers say they want. Um, and doing and doing this very forward thinking thing, and I just think that's it's impressive, it always impresses me, and it was kind of uh really fascinating to get that first hand explanation for these decisions. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else there,
1: basically. I just, I just wish that like you went in there and they're like, no. surprise, the I know, three, you know, and I mean, I hate, I almost hate being like that way, but it's no, like,
0: I and you could tell, uh... so yeah, so we all like. In the email, the invite from Valve, when Doug sent it over, he's like, hey, come over, come up to Valve. We're we're inviting you. There's going to be a few other journalists there. We want to talk to you. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think we can make this happen. And they're like, yeah, we should pay to get us out there. That's going to be worth it, right? Um, Then the next day, he's like, oh, just so you know, we're not going to be making any new announcements. And it's like, oh. So basically he's saying we're not going to be talking about Half-Life 3. That's what that means. Right. you know be, uh, everything else, Left for Dead Three or whatever, but it's, we're not talking about Half Life Three. And you could tell when we're all sitting in the circle, all the other reporters, um, that w- no one wants to be the person that asks asks about Half Life Three. <laughs> but no. we all want to. We all want to know about it. We all want to hear what their what their line is and what they're going to say. And you know when it kind of did come up, it was just we're not going to talk about the specifics of any of our games or anything like that. But so it was just kind of that, it's, it's that like was disappointing.
1: But it's like there's almost these other threads, like not even just like that, but just like the way, like the community is like almost in despair about the idea of it anymore, and how they, the like expecting the expected thing is that there just will never be one at this point, and just I don't know. It's there's a lot of interesting things there.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, it, it is, and it, you just you get the idea that they are very confident about. The way they do things, because they have all this data that says, in reality, people don't care as much about Half-Life Three as they claim they do. Because they're playing all these other games that we are enabling. Because we're putting all this work into Steam, and people are very happy with these things. Um, you know, they're creating these connected economies where people are making items for Dota Two, and they're making a living off that stuff. And you know, they they admitted like their customer service is really crappy, and they're always trying to make it better. And they do detailed a bunch of stuff like that. I have a story about that stuff. It's it's kind of wishy-washy on that, too. Um, you get the idea that they never want to put a person between them and the person actually working on the product. So they don't want to have, like, a phone line to call for customer service. They don't want to have a community manager. They just want to have the engineers, like, right up, rubbing up against the community. And that it, it goes bad for them, I think, a lot of the time, a lot of times, and they admit that. And I do think that's why they kind of brought us out there. So, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: Well, it sounds like you had a fun... In, uh, yeah, it, fun I mean, there.
0: it was... I I think Valve's a very interesting company, um, and I do think they're in a, they're in a very unique position in in the market right now, compared to where they were, what they are, what people consider them to be, and what they're doing. So it's 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 cool to cover them. It's cool to get the opportunity to go up there and talk with them. So you know, cool. I'm glad I'm glad I was able to do it. All right, All right Mike. I think that's going to wrap it up. I don't think there's... I'm mean, i going to have a bunch more stories. Keep an eye on GamesBeat.com if you're interested in any of this. There's some stuff I didn't cover here that I just can't remember because it's all my notes, and I'll just post it as a story soon. So keep an eye on GamesBeat.com if you are interested in anything more about Valve. Um, But yeah, Mike, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think what we should do now is have you explain to people where they can find you on the Internet.
1: Oh, well, I'm on GamesBeat all the time, writing there, GamesBeat.com. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Tolkoto, T L L K O T O. And I also do the Exploring Bro podcast every week with my brother. That's at ebpodcast.com.
0: And let's see. I'm on uh, YouTube. I make some videos there. YouTube.com forward slash Jeffrey Grubb. I think that's right. I actually need to double check that. But I think that's right. Um, I'll be having some videos go up this week. Uh, I might actually put some of the interview audio from Valve up. um, Just because there's some interesting stuff that I think people should hear raw. And some hardware reviews I got this headset I'm gonna review that soon um and then on Twitter and let's see I always gotta bring up cause I can never remember my, t- my Twitter handle and Mike always helps me by writing it down for me I'm Jeff Grub Poop Butt Fart McFarty's P-Man CGI Face Bad Dad Odyssey to Buttland 2 Dryland is not a Mythbuster Orange Box there you go Orange Box it's only thirty dollars. Only thirty dollars, and you get all that stuff. Orange box. That's uh, ten years
1: old now. about That's depressing.
0: That was a different kind of. They, they, that's what they also said. Like consoles. We're, we're still disappointed with consoles. In case you were curious, they are still disappointed with consoles. Surprise. Oh. Yeah, um, I'm actually awkward. just Jeff Grab on Twitter. like just, fucks with me and the podcast rundown. Google you know, Valve
1: that. could just actually make like a real console, and it would be cool. But they like
0: that's yeah. Steve steam
1: machines are such a half measure we, I'm not going to get into it now but
0: whatever yeah no I yeah you're right it's, that could be like maybe a topic for another time when we have uh, nothing else to talk about okay so I think that's going to wrap it up we'll be back next week Mike's going to be out we'll either have an evergreen episode where we just kind of maybe do a top 10 or something or I'll be in with Mike or Dean probably not Dean I think Dean, Dean's off uh, but I'll be back next week we'll talk and you know hopefully I'll be playing the Switch by then hopefully yeah Well, will not you wish <laughs> Mike Minotti is my favorite video game ah Bye, everybody.